Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Tim Kalinowski of Action Network, and I'm joined by BCS themselves, the heartbeat of our college football coverage, Brett McMurphy, Colin Wilson, and Stucky. I want to start with an upset here, gents. Kansas 38, Oklahoma 33. We could all smell it coming, so... Congrats to uh, people on Kansas. I uh, actually grabbed Kansas in uh, game of the year before the season started, and I still was able to cash that, luckily, even though the line kind of ran away from what I got. But, you know, we also have the college football playoff coming out tonight, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I want to start with Stucky U. Does the Big 12 champion now, do they are they possibly going to get squeezed out here of the playoff because not in tonight's rankings necessarily, but when it's all said and done, because now this, this hurts Oklahoma's resume and also hurts Texas's resume a bit. Cause obviously the win over Oklahoma, what say you? I mean, it depends. Look, there's, and by the way, I wouldn't say we all saw it coming because Colin changed his mind midweek. Hold on. I saw it. <laughs> and I backed off. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, right now there's, I would say, the Big 12 is on the outside looking in right now. That's because you have, what, five teams that are undefeated that if they went out, and, and none of them are going to play each other. Well, Michigan and Ohio State, that'll be an elimination game. And, and we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But say, so winner of winner of Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, Florida State, and Georgia, right? If, if, if those teams went out, then th- those are the four teams that are in. And it doesn't matter what happens in the Big 12. But Look, I don't think Washington's going to win out, and that'll make the conversation with, like, say, a one-loss Pac-12, Oregon, and it's going to depend on how many more undefeated teams there are. Like, Georgia could lose. Yeah, they could lose in Vegas. They could lose in the SEC championship. But, like, I I would think a one-loss Texas because of that win at Bama, and then, look, it depends on what Alabama does the rest of the year, too. They're going to be in the mix if they're a one-loss SEC champion. So there's so much to be determined. But if Texas, like, beats Oklahoma or Kansas State. They, 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 if they beat Kansas State this week, Kansas State's rolling. That's another big win. And then say they beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, but they have one loss with a, Bama, a win at Bama on their resume. It's going to be hard to leave them out unless, like I just said before, those four other teams are undefeated. And there's nothing anyone can do. There's nothing Oregon can do. There's nothing Alabama can do. 
uh, or Texas or Oklahoma. So I would say as of right now, yes, they're on the outside looking in. But I my sneaky suspicion is that if Texas does win out, wins the Big 12, has one loss, they'd probably they'll probably get in because I, I just don't see all these all the other teams going undefeated. Yeah, and Brett, we'll get to you because you, I know your team, Pac-12, cannibalize each other. But Colin, you were uh, banging the Oregon drum. Great article earlier in the week. And so that's where I kind of land on this. You know, could it be the Big 12 that is squeezed out because of that great Oregon performance and obviously what happened to Oklahoma? Well, my bold prediction for the college football playoff is that Texas is going to slot at number seven and Alabama is going to slot right behind them because of that victory. They they value those head-to-heads pretty well, although I, from a power rating perspective, have Oregon above Washington, which I seem to catch a lot of flack on social for, but Oregon is just the better team than Washington. And right now, it looks like the Big 12 is the team that's going to cannibalize itself because they don't have a team that has a mulligan. A mulligan being you can lose a game. Washington can still lose a game and still make the playoff as to where, well, we've got five teams with one loss in the standings in the Big 12. Like Iowa State is a player in this. Kansas State is coming to wreck everybody's what everybody's plans are and Oklahoma. I don't trust them to win out. I'm not even sure they're going to get over their win total of nine and a half with only a few games left. So, um, you know, I think it's completely wide open. Um, At least Texas didn't seem to fall with a quarterback change against BYU. We'll see how good they are. I mean, this test against Kansas state, probably the biggest one they have left for the rest of the year. Yeah. Brett, um, is it changing? Have you changed your tune on the conference? That's going to eat each other here. No, but when Colin went through the Big 12 uh, lineup, he left out the team that actually has the easiest schedule the rest of the way, and that's the uh, the Cowpokes, if they can get by Bedlam on Saturday, and that is obviously a big if. You know, I agree with Stucky. I don't think Washington's going to win out, but here's – I'd be fascinated to know what you guys think. Just real quick, just give me one team. There's You can always come up with these crazy scenarios. This one, kind of crazy, not that much. FSU, Michigan, and Washington all finished 13-0. So they're in. Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Georgia finishes 12 and 1. Bama finishes 12 and 1. And Texas wins the Big 12. Who's your fourth team? Texas. Harder strength of schedule. Win win at Bama. Alabama would have It's Alabama. I know Alabama lost heads up. Alabama would have beat Georgia and LSU. And of course they lost the head-to-head with Texas. I think you're right, Stucky, but I don't I don't those committee members (laughs) not putting an SEC team in. They they may their chairs may electrocute them when they vote if they don't have if they don't have an SEC team in that top four. But that would be fascinating because you're right, the head to head matters. But you could um, also have a one loss Oregon team in there. Um, that then that would get interesting. Like throw the one loss Oregon um, who beats Washington, one loss Texas, and then one loss Alabama, one loss Georgia with a couple undefeateds. Picking between those one loss teams, whoo. It's, uh, they might change the rules and just do the expanded playoff this year instead. And the Michigan Ohio State loser would have one loss. Like yeah, so but it, they, they're out. They're out. They right. don't play any. They don't have any. They don't have any wins in the non-conference. So that's why they got to run. They got to run the table. Somebody does. Yeah, because yeah. the Big Ten, the Big Ten winner then is going to have a, a a meaningless win in the big like big championship weekend. Right. A lot of these other teams are going to pick up big wins and i mean what what they're gonna beat beat iowa uh okay who cares could be nebraska uh, that's a power that's a bullet point in the resume right there it actually hurts michigan or ohio state to play nebraska wisconsin or iowa in that championship game versus everybody else but you know the winner of the conference is obviously going to be in 
I'm just kind of praying it's not Ohio State. Um, if they beat Michigan, sure enough, they'll win the Big Ten championship. And then probably setting up the biggest – one of the biggest wagers I'll have the entire season would be against Ohio State in the semifinal. The team that plays Nebraska or whoever in the uh, Big Ten championship, that's like the person in – in high school that can't has to drop gym because it lowers their GPA. Like, you know, they have a, a 4.5. Those were the, the worst, uh, worst, worst kids ever. Uh, Brett. I actually took gym to raise my GPA, but what, what was your that, question? No, that was me too. But that, like, there's, <laughs> there was plenty of people that would happen. It made you feel terrible. Um, so the, the first college football playoff is coming out and uh, first rankings are coming out. Tell us why this doesn't matter. This don't matter. They drag this thing on. It just matters the last one, the 48 hours that they spend in the room, whatever, for the last one. Because there's five more rankings, and what they end up with is not going to matter with, with this initial ranking. People think, based on where they're ranked in this first ranking, that as long as they went out, they're going to be safe. They won't drop. That's not the case. They'll move people around. Um, but one thing, you know, talking about futures here for, for people that, that, you know, have an interest in that, you know, keep in mind, this is the 10th year of the of the playoff. In the previous nine years, at this point of the season, we've got four regular season games left. 30 of the 36 teams that made the playoff were ranked in the top six at this point of the season. So when you see tonight's rankings, basically, when you look at the top six, your 14 playoff is going to be in there. Now, obviously, it's not guaranteed. Um, of the six teams that were outside, the top six, three of them were ranked number seven. So you don't have to go much further than that. And then the outliers were Oklahoma was number nine um, in 2019. Ohio State was number 14, came all the way back to get in. And then the biggest uh, the biggest climb of all, the Sooners in 2015, they were number 15 with four weeks to go and made the playoff. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. But you're right, Tim. Ultimately, they're going to change. They're going to move around. And certainly teams lose. They're going to drop. But um, history tells us that, you know, pretty high percentage of these uh, four teams will be in that top six tonight. Colin, I know all too well about that. That Ohio State, uh, I, I had them 50 to one the year they won the title. They lost to Virginia Tech, I think, week two. And uh, Colin had TCU um, at like 350 to one. <laughs> 600 and 630 to one. I had the Horn Frogs to win the oh 630 to one in Ohio State. And so I had my 50 to one going up against his 630 to one. We waited and Ohio State jumped them in the final rankings and then went on to win it all. And by that TCU team was rolling too. They would have had a shot. Um, so yeah, we we know all about those uh, those flops. Those flip flops or the switches at the very yeah. end. So I agree. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun and it's good for banter but it's ultimately pretty meaningless we have so much football to be played in a year with a lot of parity there's going to be a few more losses at the top colin what can betters take from the college football playoff rankings the first one is there is there value in what the committee may may over or undervalue themselves and what the, the public may then over and undervalue so every tuesday there's going to be an article that comes out that looks at the futures perspective that i like to put out it'll include the bracket exactly how we're seeding these brackets. Essentially, it's who's the Big Ten champ, who's the SEC champ. And the point of this article is to get ahead of the College Football Playoff Committee. Odds makers absolutely take the numbers down and repost them right after the rankings come out. So if you can take a guess about where the committee is going to put them, you have a pretty good idea who's going to take some steam on their numbers. Now, 
this week was a little vanilla because last week was all about Oregon. Oregon beats Utah. That 30 to one has a ton of value. This week, it was it wasn't as clear with all these big games coming up. The one team that I centered on where their odds are probably never going to be this way again, that's Florida State at six to one to win the national title. Their schedule is the easiest by far. I think they have a 90% chance to sweep the remaining schedule, including the ACC championship game. So that number at six to one, probably going to end up being plus 350 by the time that we get to ACC championship weekend. So it's not a spectacular future, but it's one where a team is going to be in the top four and there really is not any kind of exit strategy to get them out of there. Now, could they go get Narduzzi this weekend? Of course, but from a point spread perspective, Florida State should not be challenged between here and the end of the season. You mentioned Oregon, a great call there. That's been cut to uh, 14 to one to win the national championship on BetMGM and Bo Nix now six to one to win the Heisman just after last weekend. I, I'd if also, look- Tim, I'll, I'll throw in there two other teams, LSU at like, I don't know, but they're probably like 50 to one somewhere, you know, cause they're, the, they're like one of the teams that needs help, a lot of help if they win out, but you know, they're, if they beat Alabama this week, and I actually think they're going to, but we'll talk about that later in the week, their odds will go down. You kind of want to just look at the schedule. I, I also think an interesting one is Texas because they're at what? what I don't know. 18 to one probably. And or somewhere 16, 15, bet MGM 16 to 16. one. Because if they beat Kansas State here, um, which is going to be their toughest test, as Colin said, the Kansas State team is playing really well right now. If they beat Kansas State, I'm pretty confident that they're going to run the table. Um, you know, I think they have TCU, Texas Tech, and Iowa State left, and then presumably, I don't know, maybe a rematch with Oklahoma. But um, I think Texas would win out. So this is their toughest test. They're if they lose, they're done, right? But I think if they if they win this game, you're you're not going to see odds where they're at again. And you also could get an, a chaotic result or two elsewhere. You know, Bama could go down. Um, so I think Texas and LSU are also worth a look this week. Brett, we talked about remaining undefeated teams. There's five, or you know, if you don't want to count Air Force here, but five. Um, and <laughs> In Georgia, Florida State, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan, Ohio State, they're going to play each other. When you look at these remaining schedules from Georgia, Florida State, Washington, is there a team, I guess it's it's Florida State, but who should be the most concerned about being tripped up here? And, you know, I guess who has that smooth sailing to the uh, to maybe undefeated and conference championship? Because I'm really looking at it through the lens of, I think Georgia could be surprisingly in trouble. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I don't think George is going to be in trouble. Um, I think Washington, you know, at Oregon State, I think Stuck mentioned that last week as a potential uh, trap door for the for the Huskies. And then plus, you know, the Apple Cup, I mean, weird stuff happens at, at USC. They have no defense. Utah, you know, kind of came back to reality. So I think Washington should get through. But, you know, look, they've struggled against they should have lost Arizona State. They're fighting for their life against Stanford. You know, they held off Arizona. They probably shouldn't beat Oregon. So is the luck finally going to wear out? You know, that's something to look at. I mean, I give credit to Georgia. I mean, they have they they're never going to admit this. And Kirby's not going to admit this because he's too bad, too busy ripping Mullen about not recruiting, which is actually pretty funny. Um, Georgia has actually become an NFL team this year. And by that, I mean, to me anyway, 
to that, it seems like they have figured out how to turn it on and turn it off. They have slept walk through countless games. We've talked about it. They've only beaten one team with a winning record. Well, now two with Florida. So they'll, they'll show up against Missouri, um, Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, you know, they get good Georgia Tech or bad Georgia Tech. Even so numbers, I think, even number Georgia Tech, Brett. They're in, they're in yeah. trouble there. Well, they're like, I think Brett, Brent Key's like 4 0 against ranked teams and 4 and 8 against unranked teams. So, yeah, crazy, crazy. They, t- <laughs> they lose to Bowling Green and Boston College at home, whatever. But no, I think you look at the schedule and I think Georgia's looks tougher. I just think, Tim, they're just, they have fi- figured it out. So far, they've been, they've been able to play up to the level of competition. And obviously, if they get Alabama in the SEC title game, and I've stuck thinks LSU will beat Alabama, but I think Alabama would be a tougher matchup for for Georgia because Alabama may actually play defense, where LSU they'll they'll score a hundred on LSU. Um, so long winded answer. Uh, I think Washington's got the tougher test. Georgia will rise to the challenge. I just I'm just trying to channel my inner Colin here from that TCU year that you know I grabbed Missouri five hundred to one. So, <laughs> Colin, is it? Uh, do you agree with Brett in that Georgia's just through that lens an NFL team? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the negativity around Georgia. I don't think they're going to drop a game. There, I mean, this offense is explosive now. Uh, I saw it coming when they lost Brock Bowers. They had to go to eleven personnel and start hitting Dominic Lovett and some of the other guys on the team, and and they they're just a much more explosive unit now. That being said, I really wanted to take Missouri this week. I desperately wanted to hit Missouri on open. Number came out about 17, 18. It's a number I power rated 13 and a half against Georgia this weekend. But when I broke it down, there's just too much leakiness in Missouri's past defense, but particularly in finishing drives and in quality drives. They let a lot of teams get down the field. They let a lot of teams get on the board when they get past the 40-yard line. I just couldn't do that with the current state that Georgia's in right now. They're just... I mean, that's two games in a row where they're absolutely dominating down the field with Carson Beck. So I'm not stepping in front of this Georgia train. The Missouri story is great. I love it. They're playing solid football. There's nothing fraudulent about what they're doing with Brady Cook's passing, the way the defense is playing. But this is another level against Georgia. And Drinkwitz gave Kirby a hell of a time last year. Missouri lost by four. That was in Columbia. So we'll see how they do over in Athens. But there's no way I'm stepping in front of Georgia right now. I agree that Georgia turns it on, but their defense is nowhere close to as good as it's been uh, in, and that might burn them down the line in the college football playoff. I mean, even last week, what, you know, Graham Mertz completed like 80% of his passes for it at 350 yards of offense. Um, you know, Vandy got the 20 UAB like the last year, the last two years, this Georgia defense, I mean, there was game, there were stretches where they wouldn't give up a touchdown. They lost so much NFL talent that uh, they've definitely taken a step back on the defensive end. They're just not getting pressure. You can run on them a little bit. It's just a little softer of a defense, but uh, I agree with Beth, Brett that they they do seem that they can just turn it on um, when wanted, and it helps when Billy Napier's snapping through his quarterback's legs instead of sneaking it for a first down, but it is what it is. Yeah, that game was fun for about uh, a whole five six minutes. minutes. Uh, yeah, six BBOC is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, 
New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Halloween. It's Halloween. I got to ask. Uh, I, I have a feeling this group, uh, you know, doesn't love Halloween. Uh, just a lot of a lot of betting, a lot of watching football, a lot of work to be done. But if you were invited to, you know, a college football Halloween theme party, uh, Brett, which college football character are you coming as? Who, who are you dressing up as? Uh, this would be hard to pull off, but I would actually go as an empty trophy case. So and with Texas A&M on me. So I think people may like that since they're waiting to put that national title trophy in there or in SEC West title or heck, maybe a bowl trophy at this point. So I would go as an empty trophy case. <laughs> Colin. Yeah, I live 10 minutes from the University of Arkansas campus, and you would not believe the number of kids that show up at this door looking for candy, wearing a neck brace with red face paint on because Bobby the <laughs> costume around the state of Arkansas, especially Which North. you've worn. Yeah, so um, I, I've worn I've worn the costume myself, so I have to say Bobby Petrino would be the look. It's like a rite of passage down there. I feel like uh, Stucky. How about you? Uh, I do have, one time on this show. I, I said when we were doing when Colin and I were doing the show. I, I said, "All right, if this bet loses, I'm gonna I'll come dress as a clown next week." So I got a clown outfit, um, and so I have a clown outfit. So I would just put that on and go as Davo Sweeney. Uh, I knew it was coming. Sure. Or your new costume could be you putting your shoe in your mouth. Carson Beck is up to 30 to one. If he wins the Heisman, you said you'd eat your shoe. Eat my shoe. Still, st- still yeah. stand by. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go as a clown. And uh, the head coach, if you're not familiar, he's the head coach of the uh, the four and four Clemson Tigers. Dabo's <laughs> getting his wish. Two weeks ago, he said he maybe we should lose some and get some of these fans off the bandwagon. Maybe it's too crowded. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah, Tim, I see you're not you're not wearing orange anymore. These on these shows, are you off the bandwagon? Um, no, yeah, I mean the bandwagon is um, is, a lot of people are jumping off. I unfortunately booked a trip to Clemson a couple months ago, and uh, for the uh, North Carolina game, and I was then hoping North Carolina would be undefeated because then that would be a little more exciting. And now North Carolina has shit the bed. So, um, yeah, watch Clemson fight for their bowl lives. You know, exciting stuff, <laughs> really exciting stuff. I could do that down the street at, at Boston College too. So, um, yeah, not not really looking forward to it as much as I was. I uh, I want to pivot off Clemson as quick as possible. The whole Michigan. Well, who are you side, going as? Who are you going as? Um, it would probably be some version of of Dabo. Um, I'll tell you what. I used to have a uh, used to go as John Gruden every year, and I used to have a mean. Used to do a mean Gruden impression, all the uh, my blonde hair with all the the Raider stuff. It was pretty good, uh, but I don't do Halloween anymore. I'm, I'm I'm grown up now. I'm a big kid now. By the way, I'm looking at Clemson's schedule. Dogs to Notre Dame. They get even even number Georgia Tech. They're the best team in the country in even weeks. Um, <laughs> then they get they host Carol North Carolina. Then they're at South Carolina. I mean. There's no guarantee they're getting the six and six. It might be dogs I, to get the six and six. It's close. I would like coin flip. Be crazy. I was told like from our producer Matt Mitchell that I could jump in at any time I wanted and steer it the other way. So um, 
Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, we're, I'm looking we're, at the outline. Talking. It says Clemson schedule analysis, 13 minutes. So let's get into it. <laughs> I just want to know when Dabo is accepting a job at the CW as an analyst. That would be the <laughs> sheer irony right there. Hey, Brett, have you ever seen anybody as pissed as Dave Duran after that game talking about Steve? Uh, I don't know if uh, I've heard a coach say something like that. He is so awesome, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> You're just talking to him on and off the record. He will tell you exactly how he feels. And then sometimes after he says something to me, I have to say, is that on the record? And he's like, hell yeah. But yeah, that's uh look, these coaches, we talked about it, anything to motivate their teams, but uh, yeah. They oh, do what did he say? You should share what he said. Uh, tell Steve Smith in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. He was hot pissed in that post game yeah. interview i mean look had a look on his face like he was gonna mess somebody up yeah because steve smith said on game day um bas- they're, they're when they quick picked it yeah they're a basketball school uh they're not beating clemson so love doran i love doran two years ago they were supposed to play in the holiday bowl and then ucla canceled you know three hours before kickoff so uh <laughs> they were their record final record was nine and three when they hand out their their team rings at the end of the season. It has 10 rings. And uh, he's asked about uh, the ins- somebody checked with the NCAA and they said it's not a forfeit because they canceled the game. So it doesn't count as a win. So officially they're nine and three. They're not 10 and three. And Doran, again, on the record, I think it was at a press conference. He goes, well, NCAA, no clue at all. So mm. you know, here we are playing <laughs> Dave Doran's greatest hits. I didn't. I didn't know that's where we were gonna go, but that. But it was. It was pretty good. I, I like that. I like. And, it, and every player then has a story when they show someone that ring. So I, I, I'm. I'm down for that. That works. The Michigan sign stealing thing. Okay, I got to ask. Like it's been going on for weeks. We haven't talked about it a ton here because I don't really know what the betting angle really is unless something gets thrown at Michigan. But if this season, do you guys care about this story or do you kind of have your minds made up? I feel like it's kind of one of those things where people more this comes out people kind of just have an opinion made already i'll ask you colin it matters to me when in terms of the point spread and how to handicap michigan games now they're about to play purdue they got a couple games coming up and you have to think that they've changed their signs now this is starting to come out a lot more there was a game just this past weekend in college football where uh one coach was bragging that they changed their signs at halftime and uh that the team that they were playing against didn't have any advantage against them so i think this is happening a lot more than people realize It's just now all coming to fruition, but it matters to me from the standpoint of Michigan doesn't have that advantage anymore. They've got a billion laminated sheets of everybody's hand signals, and now all that is worthless. So I think it's interesting to see if there's a dip, not just in covering the game, is there a dip in how many points that you're covering the game by? Because I tweeted this out when this stuff happened last week. Since the end of the pandemic, since the start of the 2021 season, Michigan is third and against the spread. They've been unbelievable since they've come back from from the pandemic season. Um, You know, we didn't think that they were capable of beating Ohio State. We didn't think they were capable of getting to the playoff, that being a nine-win team was really their ceiling. And maybe that hand, hand, you know, those signals, those hand signals got in there. But when you listen to Sonny Dykes and the TCU staff, I mean, it's just a brilliant, brilliant move to change all their signs, but leave one assistant on the field to signal in the old signs to confuse Michigan. And so, you know, TCU knew this for a month. They were getting phone calls from other coaches in the Big Ten saying, hey, you probably had people in your stands recording your hand signals. So this is this is much deeper than, you know, anything anyone could ever believe. 
but it matters to me from a point spread perspective from the market, because if the odds makers are still going to value Michigan where they're at against their opponents, let's see how much they cover the spread by as we go through these last four games. Fair enough. Brett, I salivate reading this stuff, but at this point, you know, does it matter that much to you in your, in your opinion? Do you really care? You know, I don't. And I, I look, I actually talked to a coach today and, and brought it up and he, he called it a witch hunt. So it, I think the best way to sum it up, it's like anything else. If you're a fan of Michigan, you justify that it's not that big a deal. Everybody does it. You know, there's no specific penalties for discipline. And if you're not a Michigan fan, then they should get the death penalty. They shouldn't go to the playoff. Harbaugh should, you know, do a perp walk and resign. So, you know, it's the bottom line is the NCAA is not going to rule on anything this year. They're they're going to go to the playoff. They're not going to be held out of the playoff or anything like that. You know, I, I said on Green Dot Daily last week, I said, look, the NCAA moves at a glacier pace. By the time they finally resolve this thing, Harbaugh will be in his second year coaching the Bears. <laughs> Stucky, how More do you chargers. feel about yeah, Stucky, how do you yeah. feel? maybe the Patriots, they bring the same operation over there. Um, Stucky, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm sure those cheaters would welcome him with open arms. Um, the, oh, he's always welcome here in New England. Always welcome. I, I'm, I'm kidding. I, yeah, I don't really care. I'm, t- I'm tired of this. So I don't have time for this. I have, We have weekday matching uh, college basketball <laughs> coming up. I don't have time for this nonsense. Yeah, I mean, every team does it to some extent. We'll see if it has a dip. I also think it could. they could use it as a rallying point. Like, and then just like we're getting disrespected and then against, you know, with these big spreads at the end, just keep scoring, uh, which Harbaugh's done in the past. So like, you know, for example, like this game against Purdue this week, I have no interest in betting either side. Like I could maybe Purdue has a little tiny edge with the, what Michigan was doing. I don't know, but also Michigan might just want to be like, hold up a big middle finger to everyone for all this and, you know, keep putting up touchdowns at the end. So the good thing is Michigan has some like games with actual, interesting spreads coming up like you know penn state ohio state we could talk about them then but uh i'm I'm over this story pick me up with like at the very end when it's all meaningless now when everyone's already gone and then they they come up with whatever they found and then it's not even gonna matter wake you up when it's over and like as brett said we're two years into the nfl um yeah quick quick reminder we're brought to you today by manscaped who's taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble featuring a compact design and next gen skin save technology. The handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code BBOC for 20% off plus free shipping. Halloween costumes might take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to with the handyman. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBOC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BBOC for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. We are talking about manifestos in Michigan. We have a Mac manifesto. Stucky, we have games this week. Maction's back. Two games on Tuesday, two games on Wednesday. Do you have anything that's catching your eye? Uh, a best bet quite yet? Or, um, you know, any, any storylines? 
yeah, uh, I just wrote 10,000 words um, on the Mac. So make sure you check that out. Spent a lot of time on that, just updating everyone on where these teams stand. And there's a lot of change. Nine of the 12 teams are either down to their backup quarterback or rotating quarterbacks. It's a mess. But Tuesday night, uh, Buffalo Toledo under, I think it's worth a look. This Buffalo team is atrocious. I mean, they've beaten three dregs uh, and they were lucky in overtime. I think this is a team that played Akron. It was 13-10 in overtime was the final score. Both teams at 250 total yards. They put up 37 against uh, Central Michigan. They had like three pick sixes in the game. Um, this Buffalo team's bad. There's no explosiveness to the offense at all. It is dink and dunk. And they try to run it, but there's no explosiveness in the run game. On the other side of the ball, Toledo's offense, I'm still not, there's, it's still missing a little bit. It's just a little off. And I think it's at, at the receiver position. Daquan Finn still throws a bit too many turnover worthy throws. The running game's really good. Penny Boone, who's a Maryland transfer, is great. Finn can also run, but that's the Buffalo strength uh, of their defenses. Their defensive line is really good against the run. I think they're top 20 in line yards and stuff rate and, so I think that they can keep this Toledo offense relatively in check. I don't think you're going to see a ton of explosive plays in this game, which is what you really want to avoid when taking any Mac under. So I like the Toledo Buffalo under. And then on Wednesday, I, I like Ball State against Bowling Green. Uh, this I think this is just a really good matchup for Ball State. Ball State lost three kids from their secondary that all got pro looks. So you know that's it's a lot of talent, and their secondary has taken a hit as a result. But their run D is still good, and in this particular matchup, you look at a Bowling Green offense; it's one of the worst passing offenses in the country. So they're not going to be able to take advantage of Ball State. Bowling Green really wants to have an excellent back, and Tevion Stewart they want to pound the rock, play ugly. But Ball State can match up with them in that department. You need like if you have a really good passing attack, you can abuse this Ball State defense. But that's just not what Bowling Green has. Uh, so yeah, I like ball state here as a dog. So under in Buffalo on Tuesday, ball state is a dog on Wednesday. A, a guy who can talk about, uh, the ball state secondary. That's someone who's qualified to write a Maction manifesto. Colin, anything catching your eye? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to touch on that Buffalo Toledo game and, and, you know, the spread is extremely high. It should be, it's justified. That's where it should be for Toledo and Buffalo. But at the same time, if you look at Toledo's games, they're only three and five against the spread and they're only covering by a margin less than a single point. Almost every single game they've been in this year has been a one possession game almost the entire time through. There's no splits on the quarters like they're better here. They're better there. If there is one big advantage here for Toledo, it's in the middle eight there. I mean, there is a huge discrepancy between what Jason Campbell and Maurice Linquist has, but I'm going to end up eventually going with Buffalo. I think there's going to be massive steam on Toledo about 90 minutes before kick. And I would like Buffalo in the first half. If we can get it to 10, like Stuck said, there's not going to be any explosives in this game whatsoever. And when you deep dive down into this Toledo defense, specifically in the front seven, you have to look and see what they do against inside zone. That is all Buffalo runs is inside zone. Like 62% of all their rushing attempts are inside zone and Toledo's pretty average. I mean, they have, they allow some explosives. That's not what's going to happen, but they're not very good at success rate either. So I think Buffalo can hang or at least stay within one or two possessions. So in the first half, I'm going to look for it if it gets to 10. And then in the other game, I took the under. Uh, that thing went all the way down to 44. 45 is key. So if you can get under 45, that's good. But with Northern Illinois and Central Michigan, you're just same thing. You're just not going to get a whole bunch of offense. These two teams are terrible in quality drives. These two teams are terrible in finishing drives. 
Jace Bauer took over at quarterback. He's not going to be able to beat anybody on this team. So, you know, he's six to nine big time throws, turnover worthy plays. And Central Michigan's 110th in quality drives. It's just going to be a lifeless game without points. Same as Wednesday. Take the under on Akron and Kent State. Uh, I make that number 31 and a half. I think it's down to, to I mean, specifically under 40 right now. Uh, I think it's going to continue to go down, but uh, I, there, it's just lifeless. It's the two most lifeless offenses in all college football is Akron and Kent State. So uh, we're going to take an under there. A lot under happy here on Tuesday, Wednesday. That's matching personified, right? Yeah, the only thing you got to worry about that in that Akron Kent State toilet bowl game, which is just absolutely horrifying. Um, is just short fields and turnovers like Akron. They lost their quarterback to your DJ Irons. They've been using under Cuffler, and then this Va Tech transfer is not ready. Under Cuffler holds the ball for decades. So he's a walking turnover. He fumbles all the time. He throws picks. Uh, and then Kent State, because I agree. I mean, I think it's under nothing there. But Kent State's tried two quarterbacks. None of them have worked. Their head, new head coach came out last week and said, we're just going to try a bunch of new guys. I, I don't know what that means, but. Um, the so Southern I, Miss the approach. Fear, yeah, the only fear there. I mean, they have a Kent, they have a Kansas State transfer in Lewis, and then they have Cardman who played uh, some last year, like a deep, deep backup in blowouts. So maybe you see them. I don't know. that, But the only thing I'd be worried about is just like short fields. Akron special teams are a dump. Uh, like they just fumble punts. They get, they get them blocked. Um, they also can't make field goals, which is good. I think they've used three different field goal kickers and they're six of 13 on the year, but, uh, uh, that's the only thing I'd be worried about, but yeah, I'll, I'll shut up rambling about Akron special teams now. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, Brett, anything for you, you're looking at here <laughs> tonight. I like, uh, NIU at central Michigan. The chips are decimated by injuries. Star quarterback bird Emmanuel remains out. He will not play tonight. Uh, the Huskies, three and one in league play. Their only loss on a failed two-point conversion against Toledo. Uh, they still have a slim, and I mean a slim chance to get to the MAC title game, but that means Toledo's got to lose twice. That likely is not going to happen. I just think NIU's the better team at this point. And what uh, settled it for me, they are second in the MAC defensively. Central Michigan is second to last defensively. Uh, I think NIU takes care of business against a decimated Chippewa squad. Yeah, Northern Illinois laying points on the road there. I was, I was going to say, we are all, we are almost guaranteed, and now it's the max, so I should never say that, but it, it looks like we're going to get Toledo, Miami, Ohio, um, max title game, because both of those teams have pretty easy schedules left, and they have, you know, effectively two game leads over the second best team because of their head-to-head win. So Miami Ohio with a huge win over Ohio, who's just starting for a MAC title, but looks like they won't get it this year. Come here for the college football playoff predictions. Stay for the MAC championship predictions. Brett, it's time. Stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Here we go. Uh, Sources stumper. I'm really excited about today's uh, question. Uh, tonight is the first, as we talked about, is the first of five college football playoff rankings. Today's sources stumper has six answers. Colin, uh, this is kind of like winning the coin flip. You can either take the ball or you can go last. Why do you want to go first or go last? Well, that's up to you. You get one point for the first correct answer, two for the second, and so on. Uh, up to six points for the final answer. 
Colin, do you want to go first or do you want to hear the question first? No, I'll let Stuck go first. Okay, Stuck, you're up. The I question need- is, in the nine-year history of the college football playoff rankings, there are only six current Power Five teams that have never been ranked in the selection committee's top 25. Only six current Power Five teams that have never been ranked by the selection committee. Stucky, for one point, who you got? Let's go Vanderbilt. Very easy. Vanderbilt, one point. Colin, for two points, who you got? Stanford. Uh, No, they have been ranked. Tim? Let's go Rutgers. Two points, Rutgers. Stucky, a three-pointer, who you got? Indiana. That is incorrect. Colorado. That is incorrect. They won the Pac-12 South a few years ago. Uh, nah, Tim. Pandemic. No one know that, that. We should throw those records. That wasn't pandemic. That was before pandemic. Mike McIntyre was there. Uh, Boston College. Come on, man. They've been ranked. Stuck. Now, is it Power 5 this year, right? Current Power 5 schools. Uh, I don't know if they got in there this week. Arizona. They went to the Fiesta Bowl in the first year of the, the, pl- of the playoff rankings. Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Nebraska has been ranked. Tim. Oh, my next guest was going to be Nebraska. Oh, Virginia. Wrong. They have been ranked. <laughs> Would anyone care to answer, Mr. McMurphy? Stuck. Cal? Yes, Cal. I will give you a hint. They are the only current Pac-12 school that has never been ranked. So that was a three-pointer. So no more Pac-12 schools. Um, Colin, four-pointer. Uh, I don't want the whiplash of you calling out the bowl they actually went to whenever I get done saying. I'll say, and I already know some of these have been, like the ones that are really terrible. So let's go with uh, Arizona State. No, because we're done with the Pac-12. Are you serious right now, Bo? (laughs) Tim, you're up. Four-pointer. Georgia Tech. Incorrect. They They played for the ACC championship one year. Uh, stuck. Um, Houston? No, Houston has been. I know it's wrong, but I'll say Kansas. You're correct, Colin. Yes. Kansas oh, has there. never wonder... been ranked. However, oh, that could be change. in there tonight. Yeah, they're that could be change there. tonight. Yeah. Um, what are the, one other school that could be ranked for the first time that is not a Power Five school is Air Force has never been ranked. All right, so we've got two teams left. Five pointer. We know it's not a Pac-12 school. I'll give you another hint. It is not an SEC school. Vandy and Cal were the only only two from the SEC in the Pac-12. So we are down to ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12 for the final two answers. I'll go Syracuse. That is incorrect. Minnesota? Uh, that's not right. And it's just taking forever. Colin, if you guys like are keeping track of this, <laughs> it's just look at who you've eliminated. You probably figure it out. Colin, five-pointer. I know it's a big one. Uh, let's go with uh, God. They've been so bad for so long. I can't remember last time they were good. So I'm going to say Virginia Tech. No, not Virginia Tech. Tim, Maryland for five points. The Terps. Yes. Wow. All right, last one. We got one left. Six uh, points will determine who wins this uh, this contest. Purdue. Uh, that is incorrect. Call it. Oh, I know it. I don't think it's them either, but we'll say Illinois. No, uh, no, not Illinois. 
Tim, have, have we closed out another conference? Did well, we? I need more hints. Uh, maybe, but <laughs> I'm not going to get hints with this kind of point. Oh, no, no way. You know, okay. it's one of those three conferences. Ah, oh, this is bad. I just feel for David's got to chop all this up. Thank you for making my job so challenging. Wake? Incorrect. Stuck, who do you think it is? You thought you had it. Oh, <laughs> idiot. Sam, you think you got it? I know. I, I definitely have it. Okay. Damn well, it. You better hope Stuck and Colin don't get it. I don't know it now. You know what's ironic is by the time you guys answer this question that the selection committee rankings will already be over. And will that make this team uh, out of this equation? No. Cor they will not be uh, uh, West Virginia. Incorrect. Yeah, this game is brutal. Colin, six-pointer. It's out there. You know what? I mean, it's. I know it's wrong. I shouldn't even say it. There's only like three teams left on this list. Well, guess one of them. <laughs> I mean, I'll go Northwestern, but they had nine, ten win seasons, so. Yeah, not Northwestern. Yeah, uh, Tim, the last one is Duke. Wrong. <laughs> I love the confidence. Do you want me to give you the conference, but then all three of you have to text me your guess, and whoever yeah, gets yeah. it right can split up the points. Yeah. Sure. Do you want to do that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Two two conferences. It's either the okay. Big Ten or the Big Twelve. Okay. I have Colin's answer. I have Tim's answer. Stuck. No pressure. What does your say? Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Texas Tech. Colin and Stucky both got Texas Tech. Tim went with BYU. Colin and Stucky get three points each. So yeah, Texas Tech is the final one. There you go. I can't believe they've never snuck there once. You. But you think about him. They'd always kind of filter the, the, towards the end of the season, so they were never in the in the top twenty-five. So there you go. Uh, the six teams that have never been ranked: Vandy, Cal, Kansas, Rutgers, Maryland, and Texas Tech. Look for Kansas to get off the the Schneid tonight. Michigan State made a college football playoff, and look at them now. Uh, they made the first good. one. Yeah. 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 All right, what, can we get a points? What was the points on that? And then the okay. points, uh, yeah. Stuck, uh, three correct answers, seven points. Colin, two correct answers, seven points. Tim, oh, Jesus. Two correct answers, seven points. Wow. <laughs> All that for that. All that pain for nothing. It's a tie. What is this fucking tie business? Oh, come on. So, Stucky, 19 points going into next week. Colin, 15. Tim, 15. Okay, good race. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Okay, before we go, Brian Ferentz has stepped down as the OC of Iowa. What a run it was. Uh, they got to be averaging, what, seven points a game? Maybe that's generous. Colin, you're wearing the Iowa hat right now. Do you have a favorite Brian Ferentz moment, the, the or Iowa moment from the Brian Ferentz era? Oh, my goodness. Well, he's been there. He was the offensive line coach in 2012, so he's been there ever since then. I'm not sure how far back we can go, but – you know, the fact that he was a part of the as the offensive coordinator and a part of the play calling that beat Ohio State uh, in Kinnick <laughs> years ago, that shocks me. Like, I, I don't know when this offense tanked like between I mean, Ohio State had a piano dropped on him in Kinnick. I don't know how we've gotten from 2017 Brian Ferentz to this. I, I just, I, I guess my only good memory of it, I all I can think of is a good memory because it's all been downhill ever since. So I'll, I'll go with that. Stucky, you got to have a good one. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a positive guy and good, a good spirit. So, uh, but they, I remember they had a good off. They had like one good offense with like Ricky Stanzi. 
Um, it was like the only time they ever had a good quarterback. But last year, I laid 24 with Iowa. Get a broken run late, cover. This year, laid <laughs> 28 with Iowa. Inference, calling plays, calling a reverse, calling up a, uh, a run on fourth and goal from the one. Iowa gets in, covers. Ferentz was he was throwing a fit on the sidelines the whole game. He wanted to really put up points that game. So I'm gonna go with a positive memory. Covering because uh, it, it was like pulling teeth in both games. So shout out Brian for those covers. I if we're talking about cash and tickets, my best memory is how much I had on the 2019 holiday bowl. Uh they pounded USC out in San Diego 49-27, uh 49-24. Uh, I don't know. It's like I said, I don't know what's happened to Iowa's offense because that was all Brian uh, Ferentz uh, play calling. So I, I just cannot believe how far they've fallen off from a from an offensive perspective. Brett, how about you? I have to agree with Stucky. Uh, Western Michigan game, scoring 27 second half points, including a touchdown with 30 seconds left uh, to get over the number against the Broncos. All positive vibes. Fair enough guess uh from an entertainment perspective sad to see that finally come to an end it was it was quite entertaining on a week-to-week basis so we look forward to matching this week everybody as um two games tuesday two games wednesday halloween it's exciting and uh the first round of the college football playoff will come out tonight so just a reminder that the bboc is presented by bet mgm the podcast returns wednesday morning with mike calabrese and mike ionello for their week 10 group of five deep dive before Colin and Stucky's big betting preview episode out late Thursday. Thank you for joining all of us here. We'll see you next time on Big Bets on Campus. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.